Hello and welcome to Numbers on the Boards presented by Bedgear. My name is Bobby Corella. Normally, every night, I sleep like a baby on my M3 sleep system. Sleep fuels me to uh, look up all sorts of stats on basketball reference the next day. But last night, Skin, I did not sleep one wink because I was up all <laughs> night pondering the question, is Luca mortal? <laughs> you know what I really enjoyed, man, is I really enjoyed our friends that are in the bubble, like Brad Townsend and Chopper tweeting the same sort of stuff about how they're struggling to go to bed. And, you know, they're an hour uh, later than us over there on the uh, on the East Coast. But it, it was an extraordinary night. And I think the exact 180 degree opposite of the emotions we felt after the Houston game on opening night of the bubble. Like you can't have two different emotions. Uh, those things were completely reversed. And that was a great night of Dallas Maverick basketball watching. It was almost the inverse of what happened against the Clippers. Cause it was kind of like this. It was almost the same game. Dallas had a really good first quarter. Second quarter was kind of like, okay, yeah, the other team is clearly better. Third quarter could have gone either way. In the fourth quarter, the other team was winning. Dallas makes a comeback, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's the final five minutes, and Milwaukee goes on a 7-0 run or whatever it was to go up 119-112, and you're thinking, here we go again. Mm -hmm. Then Dallas calls timeout, and the next thing you know, the Mavs, yes, the 2019-20 Mavs go on a 16-0 run, bridging the final few minutes of the fourth quarter and the first couple minutes of overtime. And lo and behold, they pull off the season sweep against the Milwaukee Bucks, 136 to 132. And that Luka guy skin, I mean, oh my God. 36 points, 19 assists, 14 rebounds. He is the only player ever to reach those numbers in a game. Mm -hmm. Ever. And he's one of, I believe, like four guys to even go, whatever, 36 and 19, period. Mm -hmm. uh, Tiny Nate Archibald, Oscar Robertson, of course, and then Kevin Johnson did it. Oh, wow. So, like, that was historic, rare, borderline once-in-a-lifetime level stuff from Luca. And it was like his 100th career game. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw this. A uh, buddy of mine sent me this last night from a Twitter account where uh, he, he tied Michael Jordan for fifth all-time for 35, 10, and 10 games last night. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, that's, there, there's so many things to, to digest and get excited about. But I think the number one thing is, is him doing it at the age he's doing it at. And we're – I don't know. Everything runs together. It hadn't even been a week since he was the only guy to have, you know, whatever the number was and that many rebounds since Jabbar in 1975 or 76, whenever that, I mean, every three or four games, there's some new ridiculous number. And it kind of reminds me when Russell Westbrook started having a triple double every night or, you know, you know, it's like, there's this category of player that he's in at the age of 21. And you know, we've been experiencing that, you know, for the majority of the season. But the significance to me of last night's game, aside from the ridiculous numbers, is it happening in a huge win that sort of, you know, altered the current narrative about this team not being able to do it in the clutch and all these things. That's a pretty dramatic swing of that pendulum for it to unfold. Last night against the league's best team, 
with a historic performance topped off by a ridiculous between the legs pass with a minute to go. I mean, it's all just really extraordinary stuff. Yeah, there's always added weight whenever what you do is a response or an answer. And right. that's part of what made, we haven't talked since uh, before this game, but that's what made, in my opinion, his game against Sacramento just a few days ago, one of the best games of his career. I mean, the numbers were insane. It was whatever, 34, 20, and 12, I think. Just something stupid, but it was, you're down six in crunch time, you go on a 6-0 run to end regulation, and then you take over the game in overtime. And that was against a losing team in Sacramento who's not going to be in the playoffs, and so it's whatever. But they had lost two in a row. Everybody was, like, borderline sports, like, in, in despair. I mean, everyone was beside themselves because Dallas choked away the game against Houston and then gave the game away against the Suns. And then Luka takes his game to this next level, and it was just amazing. And then, of course, you go out and you get thumped by the Clippers where they dominate you in crunch time. And so how do you respond? by dominating in crunch time against maybe the only team that's even better than the Clippers. And so it's just like, if you were to have that game on a Monday night where they'd already won three in a row, mm -hmm. it would kind of be like, yeah, you know, Luke is pretty awesome. What, what can you say? But because he did it after such a – that Clippers loss was kind of a reality check, right? I mean, that was like – you They're have a very long basketball. way to go. They're, they're, I mean, oh, no disrespect to Milwaukee, but I think we've talked about this on the podcast all year long. I I'm, think you feel the same. They're the best team in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Like, we said are. that September, our season yeah. preview. Like, Clippers and, and it was like during the years, like, I hope everyone realizes it's like couple skate for them right now. Like, they're just cruising. None mm. of this matters. They're like, yeah, LeBron, go have the best record. Let me know how it feels. I yeah. mean, they don't care. They're about to go win the championship barring injury. Yeah. So the measuring stick of how do we compare against the Clippers, I mean, I understand, you know, being excited about this team and wanting amazing things for this team. They're literally the only team in the NBA that I don't want to play in the first round. I'll play the Lakers. I'll play the Bucks. I mean, I really have different conferences. But just they're the only team in the NBA as a Maverick fan I don't want to see in the first round because mm. I don't. if the Lakers played them in the first round, they'd get their ass sent home. That's the best <laughs> team in the NBA, and they're designed to win a championship with a cold-blooded assassin in the peak of his career. He's toying with everybody right now. So I, losses suck, and I understand the disappointment, but I'm stepping back looking at that going, it ain't your time, it's their time. And that's just the way it goes in the NBA. Yeah, and that game was much less, you know, the Mavs have lost three games in the bubble Two of them, I think, have been gut punches. Mm -hmm. And then the Clippers game was more like a pat on the head, kind of. Yes. The Clippers were like, yeah, I mean, we're just like, the, we're so much better than everybody else. It doesn't even right. matter. And right. so you couldn't get too down after that game. But the Bucks were trying to do the same exact thing to Dallas, right? Yeah. Hang with you for 43 minutes, and then, okay, it's winning time. It's time to win the game. And we saw Dirk do that and the Mavs do that for 15 years, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, just kind of like whatever, Thursday night, and you got Orlando in the house, just don't get hurt, and then whenever there's five minutes left, let's actually play the game and win. I mean, that, they won 67 games doing that same exact thing. I mean, they didn't yes. blow anybody out. They just would win the game. Right. Milwaukee was trying to do it, but Luka just wouldn't let them, and that's what made it so special. On top of the numbers and on top of everything, it was you're about to get sunned for the second game in a row. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do about it? And, right. and 
who found the answers. And oh, by the way, he did it again with Porzingis fouled out. That yes. was what was made it even even more insane. Is that you know both their wins has been Luca kind of going supernova with KP not even in the game and with right. Seth Curry sitting on the sideline because Seth wasn't in the game either. And so it's like you're shorthanded and you're still doing the impossible. It's just it's mind-boggling stuff. This is uh, what I said, some version of this on the post-game show on Fox after I think the Clipper loss was because, once again, we're having the, the conversation, which we've had all year long. What's wrong with the Mavs? What's wrong with the Mavs? They can't do this. They can't do this. And all those things are frustrating. And they're not, quote-unquote, excusable. And I'm not making excuses for them. But my premise on this the whole time is that if you're freaking out over this, you're basically telling me that you don't believe in Luca and KP. That's basically what you're telling me. And I, I've never accepted that. There's things that need to change and there's things that need to improve and all of that. But I never like freaked out over it because I believe in those two players. And when you have two players like that, those other things tend to work out. And product, pro, a big portion of this I'm sure has to do with my age, but I very distinct. In fact, Bobby, I think I was your age or maybe even a little bit older than you when everyone was saying that Dirk and Nash and Finley were good, but they don't have a closer. I mean, that was a legitimate thing that was talked about on radio and written about in the papers. And it was so kind of like same stage as the Mavs are right now, like the very yes, beginning of that. Team. Absolutely. But the difference here is that Luca is light years ahead of where Dirk is. He's light years ahead of that and so if you're sitting there and and I get it you know I do it too you know we have Twitter or whatever in our hands and we're emotional we just start firing off this stuff and stuff but the basic idea and I think it was on full display last night and the whole world saw it it was on ESPN everyone's tweeting about it people are butthurt so they're showing you James Harden clips or whatever that was so stupid. That was so so stupid. And then suddenly I look and oh, we're still arguing Trey. What? What? Why? Trey's at home. Trey's great, but he's at home. What are you doing right now? But but my whole point on this has been if you are freaking out about how the Mavericks are performing at the end of games right now, you're basically telling me that you don't believe in Luca and KP. That's what I deduce from that because you're not born ready. I mean, the guy who was nicknamed Born Ready is Lance still in the league. I, you're not born ready. You have to go get it. And that's why really badass veteran players throw their hands up in the air and go chase rings on other teams because they don't have the stomach for the fight because of the echo chamber. But the trajectory of this thing, the greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan, got his ass kicked for seven years before he got over the hump. I mean, dude – it was a huge story when Jordan finally hit a shot over Craig effing Elo. This is normal. <laughs> Just, but, but what I want everyone to really take a step back and get some perspective on, Luca is so far ahead of the curve, it is silly. And if you want to compare him to James Harden, at this point in his career, James Harden was giving you 12-2 and two off the bench. You are so far ahead of the curve. It is silly. Soak it in. The, the, you're going to remember this as like, remember when we were coming up the mountain? Wasn't that fun? Because you're going to be standing on the mountain. You have a transcendent player, and watching him grow and figure out how to beat the other badasses in the universe is special. I kept having to 
remind myself last season because, you know, Luca was, he was fantastic as a rookie. There's no other way, but, you know, especially after the all-star break, when, once they made the trades and, you know, you trade your entire starting lineup. And so it's Luca with a lot of guys who are on the team now who were in new roles then, you know, there were some struggles, there were some ugly games and everything. And I would, I would always remind myself, like, whether it was after a good game or a bad game, this is the worst he'll ever be for like 15 years, you know? Yeah. And that is still probably true now. Like, I don't think unless something, of course, catastrophic happens, injuries, like, you know, he loses his left hand or something like he is only going to keep getting better. But the thing about it is how much better can you get when you're already going 36, 19, and 14 against Giannis. Like, how, seriously, how much better can you get? And the, the numbers aren't always going to go up, right? Mm-hmm. We even said that going into this year. Right. Like, Luca might even – we thought he, maybe he'd even score fewer points than he did last year just because they got KP and all this other stuff. So, like, he might not average 40, 15, and 15 for a full season or anything, but he's only going to keep improving. But, yeah. Skin, how do you keep getting better when you're already – way 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 like over the above the zoom screen yeah it's uh, the old cliche youth is wasted on the young and what that is really about is that you just lack the experience and the perspective of having gone through things to be the ultimate of what you can be and he's experiencing it so much faster and having already led grown men to a championship in europe is just invaluable type stuff and so he, he has a chance to be the best player in the world because of the age at which he's already doing amazing things. And if you think that, like, he's peaking, I don't get that. He's just going to have more experiences. It's like, you know, watching LeBron now is so amazing because LeBron has this computer data bank of all these situations he's been in, and he knows how to beat those situations, you know? And, uh, and, and that's the really amazing thing about watching an incredible veteran. Like, dude, Giannis hasn't figured this out yet. Giannis has a long way to go to figure out how to take over games and win games and do it consistently. And so, uh, you know, all, the, all these things are to come. Uh, dude, James Harden hadn't figured it out yet. In fact, uh, what about Chris Paul? I think Chris Paul, look, I understand hating Chris Paul. He can be a real jerk, but he's one of the single smartest players of the last 20 or 30 years. He hadn't, he hadn't gotten out of the conference finals. Has he been? Yeah. They went to a conference finals. One time. Yeah. Yeah. And they might've won the championship that year, but he got hurt. And he's arguably the best point guard of his generation. Like this ain't easy. And Luke is making it look easy. That was the best defensive team in basketball that he danced on last night and then danced on in crunch time. And it's extraordinary. And doing it with just so much style and yeah. so much flair, it is absolutely intoxicating. I, I just I can't fathom how fast this guy got that good. I never could have imagined this level of excellence. It was, like you said, there's just a sense of flair about his game that makes it it's mesmerizing. I mean, it's magical. It's in his nickname. It's Luca Magic. I mean, the, I, there's no other way to explain how in the same game you can nutmeg Giannis, you can pass between your own legs, pocket pass for a dunk with a minute left. He was whizzing offhand passes to the corner with his left hand. Oh, yeah, 
he made Giannis with his left hand and also went between his legs with his left hand. Uh, he, he made some, like, just disgusting sequence of dribbles in the first quarter to beat West one-on-one and then went fake behind the back to beat Brooke Lopez. I mean, like, he's chaining together video game moves and is just making it lo- – like, and afterward, he's just like, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. It's just what I do. It's just – it's amazing. If he was, you know, there's like a sense of, uh, it's interesting that we just saw Kawhi the other day because Kawhi, when push comes to shove, probably the best player in the NBA right now. Like he's probably on on top of the mountain. Yeah. But there's just kind of like a sense of like inevitability, sort of like, I mean, everyone makes a joke because he doesn't really show a personality, but he's very robotic. It's just kind of like, I'm going to take two dribbles and then I'm going to pull up and hit a jump shot in your face. And that's just kind of like, okay, you're really good. What Luca does is just like, it just bends your mind. It's just, there's something, there's just something different about it. I don't know. It's, it's very, I'm, I'm trying to think of, so, uh, Mikel Tall was a, he was a world champion chess player and he is just really, I don't know. He's all style. They called him the magician from Riga. He's actually from Latvia. Shout outs to KP, but I'm trying to think of an athlete in another sport that is comparable to what Luca is in the NBA. I mean, Luca's like Pistol Pete. He's Magic Johnson. He's Larry Bird. Like all, like it's not enough that he's just good. It's that he's so good and so just like, just so cocky about it, and and just can he can make anything happen. I don't know anything right. possible. And I'm just let's, trying to think of another athlete that is like that. And I'm sure let's you not go. Let's think. not go athlete. Let's go abstract. Let's go full Bill Simmons here. Okay. So, so you were, have you seen no country for old men? I haven't. Oh man. You need to see it because Kawhi Leonard is the Javier Bardem character in that. I know. I, I do know about that character. Yeah. Okay. And so let me, uh, <laughs> along those comparison. same lines, have you, are you a Prince fan? Uh, yeah. All right. Have you ever seen the clip? If, if you haven't seen this and if people listening haven't seen this, go watch this after this podcast. Have you ever seen Prince do the guitar solo for, as my guitar gently weeps at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Tom Petty and Jeff Lynne and George Harrison's sons and all these people on stage? I feel like I have, but it's, I it's the not. most It's the most extraordinary thing ever because you have all these incredible Hall of Fame legendary musicians, just brilliant players, all right? And they're, tri- they're doing a tribute to George Harrison. George Harrison's son is on stage, and they're, they're performing his brilliant song, while my guitar gently weeps. And it's time for the solo that in the original song, Eric Clapton takes. And so Prince just emerges like from the fog. He just emerges and then he just shreds this guitar solo. He just kills it. And these other legends are just looking at him. And the whole time he's got this wry little look on his face like, yeah, you guys are really feeling this, aren't you? And then after he crushes it, he throws his guitar in the air, and Bobby, it never comes down. No it's the way. craziest thing you've ever seen in your life. So on this stage full of badasses, the coolest, most laid-back badass rolls in, has the most drop-the-mic moment ever, but it's not drop-the-mic, it's watch my guitar float into space, and then he disappears. And everyone's wow. just like... What did I just watch? And it's the equivalent to 
I've got Giannis on my hip. There's a minute to go. Watch this between your leg. Wasn't that fun? And then he disappears into the fog. And we're all going, that was otherworldly. Luca is Prince. He is the Prince of basketball. He's hard to figure out. He's an enigma, but he's so naturally brilliant, and you just can't take your eye off him. So Dude, we can't even compare comparison. him to other athletes anymore. Yeah, that's a great comparison. He is kind of – it's weird that we're already talking about kind of like this transcendent talent whenever, again, second season. I mean, I don't know. It's just last night just got me – normally I'm like, okay, you got to stay even keeled. There's going to be a lot of wins. There's going to be a lot of losses. 82 games is a long time. Guy's going to play 20 years, so nothing really matters. But, like, last night I give everybody permission to let your mind get carried away with yeah. what could happen in the next five or ten years because – your wildest dreams might very well come true. And right. I, I feel you know, confident saying that, you know. And the same thing, Bobby Wall, you do, and you're right. But at the same time, if you're going to do that, then don't jump off a cliff after the Rockets game. Yeah. Like, you know, just, just maintain it all, you know, it's, and, and just take it all in and just realize what you're watching is unfathomable. So you don't have to – get upset and try to mythically solve all the Mavs quote unquote problems in one week. Uh, let it unfold. You're there. You are already there. There's not fundamental problems with this team that can't be solved. They will be solved and the badasses on the floor will solve them as they get a little more experience. This, 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 I can't, I was thinking about this this morning as I was scrolling through Twitter. I can't imagine I mean, I even think it's better than the Packers going from Favre to Aaron Rodgers. I can't imagine going from Dirk to Luka, and that happened. And we didn't even have to have a season without one of them in between. Like, they got to actually be on the floor together. So we got to enjoy all of that, and they're, they're in the playoffs. This is going to be the low – barring crazy injuries, this is going to be the lowest seed they're going to be for a long time to come. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – I don't know what you and I did, Skin. Somewhere in our youth or childhood, we must have done something good because three years without the playoffs felt like a lifetime. And then they pop up that graphic on Fox Sports the other day. And uh, there's teams that haven't been in like 13 years. Go Timberwolves. Yeah, Phoenix They've hasn't been, been in once. 10 years. The Timberwolves I mean, have been once since they traded Kevin Garnett to Boston, I think. Yeah, I mean – I, this is, we're the most spoiled people ever, I think. We are. Let's just cut to the chase. And to round out that Prince comparison, um, last night was a nationally televised game. Of mm -hmm. course, it was on TV in the bubble. I There's guess. 22 teams in the bubble that literally have nothing else to do but watch basketball. And there were a lot of music legends watching that game on TV thinking, boy, would it be fun to play with that guy? If you want to do some ring chasing, how about that? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's just – it feels inevitable. It's just a matter of time. You're going to have veterans who are going to be wanting to play here. I mean, there's yeah. just no other – Did, you, did you, know, you see Giannis after the game last night? Yeah, what he said about Luca was awesome. He pretty much said, man, he makes everybody better, that kind of talent. You know, I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. But um, – but, you know, I mean, I know a lot of math fans are like, hey, let's get Giannis or whatever. I, I personally, I want Giannis to stay in Milwaukee, and I want him to lead that franchise to a championship. I want Giannis to – and, you know, 
be the Dirk or the Tim Duncan or the Damian Lillard. I want Dame to get him one in Portland. Dude, Dame uh, is so cool. Isn't love, he so cool? I love him. He's He is high character, high baller. He's actually a great effing rapper. Uh, and he's he's a leader. I love Dame. I, he, he To me, he's that Dirk, Tim Duncan, Kobe, you know, and hopefully the Greek freak. And I, I want those people to exist in my sports world. I don't yeah. want them jumping to the Thunder and then to the Clippers and then front running. I, I hate that stuff. It's gross. Front running is whack. And so hopefully, hopefully Luca and KP and all those guys aren't – they're not front runners because then we'll have to explain it away. But – I don't think it's in their in their DNA, but well, I guess we'll see. But uh, there's gonna be a lot of people that want to play here, man. It's it's gonna be beautiful. And and the other thing about what Giannis said is that, you know, we saw it even during Dennis Smith's rookie season. Like after every game, you know, some reporters gonna ask Steph Curry, "Well, what do you think about Dennis?" And of course, stars are always gonna say nice things about other players because players love players, and right. they're gonna say, "Yeah, he's gonna be a good player one day," or "Man, yeah, I, I see the potential." But now it's like. He makes his play his teammates better, you know. Like that's the highest praise that you can give to a player. It's not, yeah, one day he's gonna be good, you know. Just keep working, young man, and you'll you'll get there. Now it's like, yeah, he is one of Giannis said he's one of the best players I've ever played against. Yes, yes, yeah. And that's, that's just true. like, that's, yeah. I mean, oh my god, you know. Uh huh. That's pretty and, crazy. And Giannis is the MVP. He's the freaking MVP of the league. He's probably gonna be the two time MVP. I mean, yeah. For him to say that about Luca is just like, wow, that's and that's I think, amazing. I was sitting here thinking about, and I'm I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact quote, but Draymond Green's reaction to him, where he didn't say what you're talking about, where he's gonna be that. He said that boy's trouble or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, yeah. He's here now. There's no projection. Draymond Green, who's not out there saying great things about opponents, was saying great things about the the baby. Yeah. Pretty yeah. awesome, dude. It's a lot of fun. You got. All sorts of players tweeting about Luca, tweeting about the Mavs. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's just amazing. Okay, uh, we got probably ten minutes, you know, okay. something like that before you got to get out of here. So, let's real quick. Uh, we need to shower Dorian Finney-Smith with our love and affection real quick because I that guy, that. not only last night against Milwaukee, but also in that game against the Kings and really throughout the bubble, has been so good. Three consecutive double-digit rebound games. Um, and then of course he was compromised. He was probably or uh, questionable earlier in the day. I was worried that Seth was going to play and Dorian wasn't, we got both of them. Um, but not only the numbers, the defensive effort, but if you look at last night, you know, uh, the idea of hiding guys last night, the Bucks plan was to hide Brooke Lopez on Dorian Finney Smith. And so when that happens in order for KP and Luca to put up the numbers that they put up, Dorian Finney-Smith has to punish the other team for hiding their defensive flaw on him. So not only did he rebound and put up an incredible defensive effort against the MVP, he offensively punished the Milwaukee Bucks for one of their flaws. That's a fundamental principle of any sport uh, where you have physical matchups is you have to punish the other team's flaw. And so that was huge last night. We can talk about his effort, his rebounds and all that. But Dorian taking advantage of those opportunities was a huge part of that win last night. Yeah, two very big things. Not only did he take open threes, he took, what, 11, I think? 
Is that right? Threes, which oh, yeah. He, I thought you meant 11 open threes. Yeah, he did take 11 threes. They were all open. I mean, let's, yeah, let's yeah, be real. But right, right. Most of his threes are open because defenses leave him open because he's yeah. kind of the weak link in the starting lineup. And that's a no disrespect. I mean, it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. And so that's the important thing is, first off, he was willing to take him, and he made him. Second, whenever the Bucks would close out hard, he would put the ball on the floor, and he drove the lane, and he, yeah. he made some passes, and he, most importantly, he finished himself. And that's good because – in a playoff series, which the Mavs are going to be starting in about a week, teams are going to do the same thing. Yeah. Right, who's our worst defender or who are we trying to give a possession off? Okay, we can't hide somebody on Luka or Porzingis or really Curry or Hardaway, so let's hide somebody on Finney. Well, now he's taking him off the dribble and he's draining threes in his face. Okay, what do we do now? Like, maybe we got to pay a little more attention to him, which means you're paying less attention to Luka. You're paying less attention to Porzingis. And so all of those things add up where in a series, you can't hide anyone on Finney Smith. You can't hide anyone on Maxi Kleba. And all of a sudden, this offense just becomes easier for your superstars. And that's why it was such an important thing and why what he's been doing these last few games have been so important, even through a strained hip flexor or whatever, where he's like getting stretched every time he comes out of the game. He's like on a bike and stuff. I mean, he's, he's going through it right now. But for him to be delivering right now is what you need from your role players because in the playoffs, stars win, but weak links can really kill you. And yes. Dorian is not – he's not a weak link right now. He hasn't really been all season, but especially right now, dude, he put up 27-11-5 against Giannis. He's, yeah. I think, only the 18th Mav ever to hit 25-10-5 in a game, ever. Wow. Which is insane, Yeah. He's on a list with, like, Luca, Porzingis, Dirk, Roy Tarpley, Aguirre, like, and Dorian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we've talked about this countless times on this podcast throughout the year, and that's the importance of Dorian and Maxi. And I think we kind of talked about going into the bubble. Were they going to pick up where they left off? And the first couple games were kind of stumbly. But last night was a great example of why you need those two guys every night playing at a high level. I thought Maxi was extraordinary, too. Uh, and, you know, he had foul trouble because of covering Giannis so much. But uh, he mattered in a big, big way. And Dorian was exceptional. And those two guys, to me, as they go, this team goes. Um, because you're going to get Luca and KP and – those guys will put up, put up numbers every night. But if those other two guys right there that are your two best defenders also put up, I don't even want to say great numbers, but, you know, Dorian's numbers are great. But just take advantage of those opportunities, do what they do every single night consistently, then you have a chance to actually surprise some people and do a little something. Absolutely. And we haven't talked – the last time we talked was right after Houston. But holy God, dude, Porzingis is looking like – a beast. He is looking so good going at the basket. He's throw, throwing down some dunks. It's not just catch and shoot threes. He's posting guys up and looking good. He's finishing with his left hand. He's rolling to the rim, throwing down alley oops. He is playing like a man possessed right now. And that is such a beautiful sight to see, too. Yeah. If you want to win your uh, Maverick bingo card, uh, you can go ahead and have me in a game saying, that guy's 7 3 doing that. Because there is two or three times a game where he'll run the open floor, roll, or floor, and I'm like, that guy's 7'3 doing that. Uh, It is extraordinary. And it's just so hard to get one transcendent player. I mean, it's just luck. You just have to have luck. So then they got a transcendent player. And then it's so hard 
to have another upper crust, big all-star along with him. And they got that too. I just, wow. Just kudos to the front office for the maneuvering and opportunistic nature and the vision and the foresight to get those two guys together. We're, we're so, so lucky. So lucky. Porzingis, one thing that he and Luca have in common that really kind of set them apart is that, you know, Luca, we've already talked, you, we've talked on this podcast, 75 episodes about how magical he is. Porzingis, like you said, does things sometimes that you're like, I mean, they leave you speechless, you know, he does some different stuff too. And so it's amazing to have two of those guys on your same team because like, you never know what's going to happen in a game. Like every game is going to be different. Every game is going to be special in its own way. One of those guys is going to be rolling. And if they both are like they have been a couple times, then you're, I mean, again, your mind gets carried away with what, you know, how many, uh, how, how much jewelry we'll be wearing in five or 10 years. It's going <laughs> right. uh, to be amazing, but all right, this is fun skin. Last night was fun. Uh, yep. if, uh, if you didn't watch the game, I'm sure there'll be a replay on Fox sports at some point, maybe today they, we, they usually encore Mavs game. If not, check Twitter, check the highlights, check Dallas Mavs' YouTube channel. We have all, all of the Luka highlights last night. It's like an hour long of him just making <laughs> plays and skin giggling on the air. You were, you were all of us last night. Uh, is there any, uh, any final takes, parting shots, last words you have before we get out of here? No, I just, you know, uh, let's see. We have Portland, we have Phoenix, and we have Utah, right? Are those the three teams that are left? Uh, yes, Utah, to, Utah on Monday, Monday, Portland Tuesday, Phoenix Thursday, I believe. Yep. So I would just – I'd love it if the Mavericks could win two of these next three, keep that good momentum going. We're very likely going to face the Clippers. Uh, I have no expectations to go beat the best team, but I want to give them hell. I want them to leave this season going, that's the team that's going to cause us the problems moving forward. So it's a really – I mean, dude, I'm not saying I don't want to win. Obviously, I want to win. Let's go win a championship. But I'm a realistic sports fan. Um, I'm an emotional sports fan, but I'm a realistic sports fan. And uh, I just want the Mavs to go put themselves in a position to uh, really make the Clippers worry. That'd make me feel really, really good. Yeah, just play well. Just have, play a, well. have a strong showing no yep. matter what happens. Even if you go 0-3 in these games, if you have three great games, at least you're playing well. You know what yep. I mean? Going into the playoffs. Form at this point, with the way the standings are, are shaping up, Form is almost more important than, than results. So Agreed. just go out and, uh, and, and play three good games and then play 16 great games and, and win them all in the playoffs. No, low expectations, low expectations. Um, okay, well, we will see y'all uh, next time. I'm sure that we're going to do playoffs start next weekend, so we'll probably do. Uh, we need to do a Friday podcast once we know how everything shakes out, either a okay. Thursday night or Friday podcast, don't we? Yeah, yeah we can do a whole uh, – because by then we'll know who they're playing, so we can do a whole playoff preview and, and regular season, kind of recap everything, and and then we'll be with you every step of the way through the playoffs too. It's going to be a lot of fun. If, if last night was any preview, then, oh, my God, we're in for quite a show for the next uh, 20, 25 years or something like that. We'll see. Bring on the hooping. Let's do it. All right, he is Skin Wade. I'm Bobby Corella. This is Numbers on the Boards presented by Bedgear. Thank you, Bedgear, for all your support. You can go to bedgear.com and uh, you can fuel your sleep the way that I tried to fuel mine last night. And uh, we will see you next week. Numbers on the Boards. Yeah.